Welcome to the year 2021, and as we continue our Michigan series, this week we bring in Arctic City Brewing, which will be opening at 23 in Gratia in Chesterfield, Michigan. We thank them so much for giving us a taste of their brand new beers, including the Peach Sour and the Oatmeal Stout. Listen to them about the struggles, the trials, and the tribulations of opening up a brewery during a pandemic and everything that they had to do to get the brewery open. And look out for their Kickstarter, which you can still go and kickstart their brewery to get access to plenty of great benefits. Like us on all of our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Better On Draft. You can like us on Untapped and find out what we drank at Bod Podcast, B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. We are live Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern on betterondraft.tv and facebook.com forward slash betterondraft. We're going to welcome Parish Brewing next week, so join us. Stay safe. See you then. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. And we are live. This is Better on Draft, the Michigan series, episode number five. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a great middle of January. It was snowing today here in Michigan. So hopefully you guys are uh, driving safe, getting home safe for those of you who are still working in an office. I might as well ask Dan, what's the weather like down there in Phoenix? Just bring it on. Beautiful 81 and sunny today. 81 and sunny. (laughs) Uh, well, what are you drinking? Let's let's get that over with too. I'm going with the good old uh, God. I keep wanting to say screwdriver, so vodka soda. I don't know why screwdriver stuck in my head. And I was going to say that's a, that's a very very light looking screwdriver <laughs> yeah. over there. Yeah, that's probably how I would make one too. And of course, got the Bloody Mary going as well. Dan Dan just drinking the straight vodka today. Uh, Nick, what's going on? What are you drinking over there? You got to mute unmute yourself. Darn it! You see, you, you do all these virtual meetings for work, and you you, you never learn. Whatever. Um, well, I was about to drink this vanilla latte milkshake stout from Rochester Mills, and it didn't really age very well. So we'll see about that. Uh, but then I got this unmarked bottle from one of our guests today, or from our guests today. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. Good. Stout or the sour? Uh, well, well, that, that, that was the, from it, what you gave him, Devin. So it must be the stop because it's not a sour. <laughs> I nailed it. Well, then it's yes. not a – I was going to say, hopefully it's not the stout if it's uh, tasting like sour. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Nick's but, got but, the – No, go ahead. I was going to say, Nick's got the stout. Robert, what are you drinking over there? Uh, right now I am still going through a little bit of my dry January, and I've got a can of hot tea. Uh, but I'm going to pretty much avoid that dry January by opening up this uh, peach sour that's here from our guest. Well, welcome to damp January, that's for sure. Well, our guest, I've got the oatmeal stout myself uh, that I cracked open, as well as, uh, you know, getting my Corona seltzer going, um, you know, to clear the palate, get a little cherry in there. Uh, So we do have two guests from Arctic uh, Circle Brewing, which is going to be an upcoming brewery here in Macomb County, Michigan. Uh, Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us where you're located um, and uh, when's, when's the goal for opening date? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Eric Lehman. I am the head of all things uh, operations, marketing, back of house, um, all that kind of stuff. 
And I'm Devin Sills. I'll be the brewer here for Arctic Circle Brewing Company. And you asked like about like the projected opening. Like, uh, you know, that thing is such a fluid idea at these uh, point in times. But we're uh, fingers crossed, not going wood. April. Yeah, we're hoping for April. Yeah. How many uh, how many taps are you planning on opening with uh, in April? Uh, day one, we're shooting for at least eight. Okay. And uh, but like uh, given like any sort of uh, setbacks or anything going forward, I could flex either uh, more or less. But we're uh, going for eight. What's the starting lineup look like? Uh, well, like a wide variety, right? Cause we have a love for coffee beers, so like um, we want to introduce a couple of our uh, coffee stouts. Uh, so maybe one of those. Looking for one of the sours that like uh, really connect with people. Got to have the uh, IPAs as well. Right, we have a- what was that? Sorry, no. Um, keep going. Oh, and um, you know anything like given the season may call for. So if we're looking at like uh, the spring, probably going to look for something that could be uh, sessionable heading into the summer and uh, light and refreshing. So you might find a couple of like fruited fruited beers on the menu as well. Now, before I pass it off to my cohorts to ask the questions that they've been wondering, uh, the one thing I wanted to ask is why Arctic Circle. All right. So um, growing up um, back in high school, uh, my parents' house was the hangout. Uh, The basement was always very cold, Um, even, you know, wearing uh, sweatshirts and uh, sweatpants in the summertime. You know, you basically would uh, dress uh, dress for the occasion. Um, So we kind of dubbed that the Arctic Circle back in uh, in high school. So um, as Devin and I started um, home brewing, you know, that was the first thing that came to mind was, uh, calling an Arctic circle brewing company. All right. I'm going to hand it off to, uh, Robert. All right. Uh, so obviously you guys are still working on getting open and I know being a new brewery definitely has all of its challenges. Uh, obviously none more so than what we've been going through for a better part of the last 10, 11 months now. Um, and we're at, still not at a point where, you know, everyone can just walk in and fill the seats. Um, so I guess just let's just talk about the planning that went into opening the a brewery in the midst of a pandemic and how you've been looking at the future post state sanctioned activities because, right. you know, COVID's never going in, it's never, never going to go away, but you know, Tell us about, you know, opening, working on opening during this pandemic and the future and how the future you're planning the future to look like as we start to get back to a place where we can be sort of normal. So I guess like our story for us, like Arctic Circle actually getting the ball rolling towards like actually opening the brewery started long before like COVID was even like a thought. Right. So like um, our business plan coming into it was fixed in a world where um, COVID didn't exist, obviously, uh, to your points before that we had to do a little bit of pivoting, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of it came down to, um, obviously, we went through a pretty lengthy process in trying to get everything lined up from a construction standpoint, getting a lease agreement signed, you know, getting something set up so that it was, you know, obviously COVID friendly, knowing that um, this was going to take, you know, some time to get through and, and really do the construction. Um, but in terms of the overall business, yeah, I mean, that was um, part of the reason that, you know, we put together the Kickstarter um, was to help and raise a little bit more funds so that we can kind of adjust. So, um, you know, obviously we're going to be more open to canning, you know, a lot of stuff, um, especially up front, because we know that, you know, to your point, not being able to pack the tap room, um, it puts us in a little bit of a, um, a difficult situation 
Um, you know, where we are here in Chesterfield, uh, being in a strip mall, you know, we don't have the benefit really of a big outdoor space. So that, you know, hinders us as well. So I think um, for us, I mean, that was kind of what we're doing is just continuing to, you know, watch, watch the, uh, the ordinances and how things are moving forward. Um, you know, hoping that we get back to some level of capacity by the time we open and then, uh, yeah, shifting, you know, a lot more to focusing on, you know, possibly canning as much as we can to be able to offer to go options. Um, something that we weren't looking to do when we first initially, uh, were working on the plan. Right. And kind of going into those like ordinances, as, as you just mentioned, obviously with us going through all of this, uh, I guess I'm kind of curious from your standpoint, how quick or how slow has it been in terms of getting, you know, permits and things of that nature from from the city and the yeah. county to get to this point? Yeah, luckily for us, we actually had all of our um, licensing and stuff basically approved before COVID hit. Um, we got on that really early, um, yeah, just we- trying to make sure because, you know, for us, the thought was if, you know, knowing that we were going to be getting a white box space, um, you know, construction and build out for us wasn't going to take too much time. So we focused a lot on getting all those licensing and stuff up front. So um, we were actually able to knock that all out. And before 2019. Yeah, yeah, before we even hit the clock on 2020. Yeah. So um, we were ahead of the game. We know that that's sometimes a holding pattern for a lot of places and we didn't want to be in that boat. So, uh, yeah, it's good for us to get ahead of the game there. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, I'm going to pass the rock over to Nick here. So I think he's got a question. So east sider you guys are on the east side yeah. did you did you grow up on the east side before? i was like, gonna say what? hold up a sec because devin was grow, growing up on the west side so you gotta watch uh, that east side. okay <laughs> well hey no no, no disrespect to the west side but uh why why chesterfield and the reason why i asked that is because uh, I, you know i grew up on the east side almost up against the southern border of Macomb County. So for those that are, you know, not local to the Tri-County area in Michigan, you have Detroit, which is in Wayne County, and then literally like 10 minutes north, you hit Macomb County, and then you're all up along Lake St. Clair and all that. Not a lot of breweries whole really in Macomb County. I have Sherwood right down the road from uh, from me. Um, you know, not a lot in Macomb. So why why Macomb County and why Chesterfield? What 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 was the draw there, other than the maybe the location? So like uh, we said before, like we met in high school, right? So like uh, when I moved from the west side of Detroit, uh, our parents moved out to Macomb, and you know um, that's what some of our formidable years were at. And as we became friends, this is where we uh, almost planted roots as like not just friends but family, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a lot of planning based around. We have a community here that we know also will support us. And also given the uh, landscape of lack of breweries in the area, mm-hmm. it only made sense to fill a void for the people, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you talked about local, you talked about backers, supporters locally. Let's talk about the Kickstarter for a moment. I'm looking at it right now. From the West you guys have 45 days to go before the Kickstarter campaign ends. And you've already broken the goal that you had set out, which I think is is fantastic. Um, one of the things that caught my attention is beta test Tuesday. Can you talk about what beta test Tuesday is at Arctic circle? Yeah. 
Um, so Beta Test Tuesday came as like an idea when we first got the ball rolling. It's like, oh, we want to open up a brewery, but we we're just home brewers. And like one thing that you end up losing as home brewers is the actual hobby side of it and like the small batch ability. And that's where it birthed the idea of Beta Test Tuesday, which we just actually ended up changing the name just a little bit to Tuesday Beta Test. But that's not <laughs> here nor there. So we, um, we wanted to stick close to that home brew roots and be able to provide a consistent Tuesday small batch release where like you can get really creative with it because we we don't have like the restriction of a, a tap that's going to sit there for weeks on end mm. you know so uh and something that's important to us as well is the same thing that you guys do with this podcast is to uh, have an additional side with the visuals talk about the beard just don't let mm. it be a standard steel photo for people to uh, hit the like on let them uh, hear from the uh, people who actually had a hand graded you know Okay. All right. All right. And so in reference to, you know, what you mentioned on the Kickstarter. So actually one of the, the rewards that we had put on there was actually uh, to be able to be a part of uh, actually one of the filming. So each week when we launch, um, you know, Devin and I are going to be uh, trying the beer, you know, just giving a quick, um, you know, 30 second to a minute video, um, just kind of walking them through. Uh, we got got some of these <laughs> that shirt. I love the shirt. <laughs> yeah. So and so as part of that, you know, we figured we'd offer up as um, kind of a unique reward to be a part of, you know, behind the scenes. You can come here for the taping, um, you know, get that first taste. And uh, yeah, just something unique that we thought we could offer. And you be know, folks part of the blue couch, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see there's there's a, several pictures of the blue couch on the Kickstarter campaign. So if you yeah. for those listening, Find the, the Kickstarter campaign. You're going to see the big blue couch that they're currently sitting on. Uh, you had mentioned home. You were got you guys were home brewers before you took on this adventure of opening a brewery. Uh, what was your first homebrew? Do you guys remember? Did you do it together? You guys did it separately. Yeah. What was your first homebrew? What was it? Honestly, it came out of it was Selection Sunday uh, for NCAA basketball fans mm-hmm. out there. It was uh, Selection Sunday, 2015. <laughs> Um, just decided that day that, you know, we had been talking about it for years and yeah. said, Hey, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to brew a beer today. So we went up to the, uh, homebrew supply store over, uh, in Warren, uh, picked ourselves up all the equipment we need. And actually it was funny. We're like, yeah, let's do, you know, we grabbed just, you know, one of the box kits and mm-hmm. grab some grapefruit peel off the wall. And we're like, Hey, we'll do a grapefruit IPA. That mm-hmm. sounds good. And, uh, as we were checking out, you know, somebody in line who was, uh, you know, a, a home brewer, um, kind of had said, Hey, uh, you know, what would be great in there is if you throw some, uh, you know, actual grapefruit and oranges into the fermenter and it'll really, you know, get you that flavor. And we're like, oh, cool. Thanks. You know, great idea. First one you do, of course, it's always good. It's the box, you know, it's the box setup. So it's pretty straightforward. But, you know, it seemed like from then we kind of just kind of settled in on this, what we wanted to do. I tell you what, and I want to make sure everyone feels feels what I went through, because the first one I did from Northern Brewer, I did the Amber. Um, and if you follow the instructions step by step, everything's perfect. Well, I finally did my own second batch, second brew, uh, which is an English mild. And the amount of things that I did not do properly is hysterical. Um, (laughs) and I am curious how it's going to taste. Rob's got a bottle. I've got one in my fridge that I'm going to crack. Um, cause it is. So first I, instead of, um, using a tube to the bottom of the second for the bottling uh, bucket. I just let it free drop in there. So obviously it got a little oxidized. Um, yeah. And then I didn't add any priming sugars in there. So <laughs> I, I wound up buying, because you can buy tablet priming sugars. Um, so I wound up, after having capped them, 
bought those. They came two days later, uncapped, <laughs> threw them in, recapped. Nice. So either it's going to be, which it won't be, but it could be either the best way to have ever made an English mild, and I'm going to sell this recipe for a million dollars, or it's going to taste like crap and Rob's going to hate me. This, uh, are you this... going to open this tonight? Uh, yes, I will. Rob oh, nice. will. Rob's going to do it. <laughs> I, I just might, but now that I'm thinking about it, this might actually be worse than me thinking it's okay to just simply throw in Oreos into the fermenter and see that that's going to turn out well. Uh, so, <laughs> not that simple, um, yeah. Before we get to uh, Dan, because I know Dan's got a question, talk to me about this oatmeal stout, because this um, when, when I think oatmeal stout, like this is exactly what I picture, uh, when I'm drinking, um, I don't want 800 other flavors. I don't want, you know, cinnamon and marshmallow and chocolate and vanilla. Like I, I want it to taste just like this. So talk to me about making this beer. Um, it was just that, like I wanted a simple true to style 5%, uh, ABV oatmeal stout and, uh, just one of those, like, you know, if there ever could be like a sessionable stout sort of an idea, that would be kind of it for me. And uh, I, I know you mentioned like you don't want all the additional flavors, but what's a good oatmeal, bowl of oatmeal without like a couple of fixings, you know? So I do like uh, the idea of down the road possibly pitching some additional adjuncts at it. But as a base model, like uh, I wanted it to be something that uh, could stand alone, you know? I, I tell you what, we did the untapped urine review where it tells you all the beers you drink and what your favorite style is. And on our show over the last year, the Imperial Double Stout was our number one beer style. And finding a sessionable stout is something that um, I think is lacking in the industry um, mm-hmm. as something really, really major. Dan, you're shaking your head. Yes. Oh, yeah. What's what is it like <laughs> out there in, in Arizona um, as I kind of like segue into you and your question? Well, as far as stouts go, well, like a sessionable, a sessionable stout. stout, yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard. That um, that one that I normally the wet nose or the wet snout peanut butter stout that I drink, yeah, it is about the only one that you can find. If you want a stout, it's going to be packed with ten, fifteen different additives, and it's going to be twelve to fifteen percent as far as uh, ABV goes. That was I actually think- that wet snout is the number one beer that we drank the most of on this show. By the way, fun fact. <laughs> That's um, kind of funny. And uh, you can find all that stuff, guys, if you follow our social medias. If you're on the video, which you can find us live 7 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Facebook and YouTube, that's better on Draft is the name. Twitch, that's Bod Podcast, B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And, of course, betteronDraft.tv. You can find us live 7 p.m. Eastern. Sorry, just got to get that in there. Dan. For sure. All about the plug. Got to get the plug in there. <laughs> Every time, absolutely. So I'm kind of curious about this. Um, I don't know if anyone else on the show has, but I used to live out here with a mutual friend of ours in the area where you're opening the brewery about 21 years ago uh, in a pretty big apartment complex, actually just east of there. I'm curious if you guys are going to take an approach because what I remember, of course, it could have changed. Those weren't really craft beer drinkers that lived in the area. Are you going to take an approach like uh, Sellerman's RIP used to do? and kind of make a couple of beers targeted towards the community to try and get them in there? Or what are your plans to target the area? Because this is brand new. No one, like we've talked about, it's a craft beer wasteland. What are you going to do to bring in the people to try your stuff and hopefully get hooked to it? Uh, so it's important to like have one of those, uh, like whether it be like a Kolsch or a uh, you know craft Pilsner or a lager itself, but something that is like, um, 
you know, a d- direct descendant of like you, one of your domestic beers, right? So yeah. you, you have to uh, be able to play that card, and that is important to have that on tap as well because uh, you know, for every group of four people that come in here that actually want craft beer, one of them might not want anything that we have on the board except for like the cold shore or a lager, you know. Are you going to be doing anything other than beer there? Uh, no, uh, there's no kitchen here. Uh, we're actually, we, we share a dividing wall with the little Caesar. So like, that'll be our uh, main kitchen. <laughs> you got White Castle across the street. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of that, you know, we're 23, <laughs> Grasha, that 94 area. So I, I was, I, I hate to interrupt, but I wanted to make sure to follow up with the question. Cause I was more referring to cider, mead, wine, distilled, uh, sodas. Like, is it just going to be beer and beer only? Yeah, just be crab beer initially. Like uh, we would love to entertain the wine early on. Uh, ciders hasn't been anything I've actually delved into at this point, but wine is definitely on the table. Uh, no pun intended for uh, the uh, near future. Okay, awesome. um, I'll be mind if I jump in on this one. Go for it, Rob. sure. Uh, all right. So obviously, as as you just pretty much said, you've got the the little Caesars that's next door that uh, pretty much will will be your kitchen. Uh, and as kind of pointing to Nick's point is that, you know, there's a lot of corporate eateries that are around in that area. I mean, you've got that little Caesars, you've got the Italian McDonald's that is Olive Garden, and you've got the upscale McDonald's, otherwise known as Applebee's. Right, uh, right, right. And you've got that Buffalo Wild Wings that's there in the, in the strip mall right next to you. Um, so I guess, with with all of that is that is being around, especially with the Buffalo Wild Wings, where you know they have their craft beer as well. That how are or I guess what do you are planning to do to kind of try and get some of them over, mm-hmm. or you know try to build that client base that says, hey, this this stuff is better that we can sit here and enjoy beer, and we don't necessarily have to worry about food. Or really, I mean, are you, and actually with the food, are you are you planning on doing something like a take-in where, you know, like you said, with your kitchen that with Little Caesars that people can just start bringing food in? Yeah, I mean, so so we're definitely going to offer up, you know, people being able to bring food in. Um, another thing that we're entertaining, obviously, is the idea of food trucks. You know, I mean, that's a big thing with breweries, having the ability to give you like a unique thing that you can't really get anywhere else. Um so that's part of it. But I mean, yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings, I think part of our you know thought process there was more or less just like just being different. So at first, you know, it was like, oh, well, you know, people are like, oh, are you going to have like tons of TVs in there? And it's like, well, no, I mean, we're going to have them. It's a necessity this day and age. You know, you want people to, be able to stay and watch a game. But, you know, I'm not I'm not here to set up to have, you know, NFL Sunday ticket and have every game on um, just creating, a, you know, a little bit of a different experience. And that's hopefully what we're able to take away. Um, is, you know, or even that, I mean, to the point of like you were talking about with dinner, I mean, I'll, I'll just take it if you want to have a couple beers before or a couple beers after you leave Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, we're, we're here for it. Okay. And I just cracked open since the, the other guys are, have cracked open the oatmeal stout. I just cracked open the peach goza. And um, as many people who have listened in the history will know that I am typically have not been a fan of, of sours. Mm-hmm. Now this, I would say, on a scale of like Sour Patch Kids, to <laughs> the ridiculous size, you know, the the the, the two pound lemon heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would probably put this like right just above the, the, the like the Sour Patch Kids. It's just like the 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 like 
tiniest amount of of sour that just tells me that it's there. Yeah. Um, and I'm enjoying it. So I guess I just before I just like give my description of it, I actually want you to give your description of it. Um. So like what I found in like the home brewing time was uh the use of green tea and some of the sours actually helps to like Trojan horse that either the the tang or the actual bitterness or sourness that hits you in the glands where it makes it a lot more palatable for the people. So, uh, and obviously then paired with peaches, you now have this uh, combination of flavors. You have fruit, a little bit of sour, and then you have the herbalness that is the green tea that all collectively gives you like a rather refreshing experience. Whereas um, oftentimes the style can not be uh, kicking you in the uh, throat a bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would pretty much, you know, cut the lawns of everybody on the block drinking this. Cause this is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It is yeah, that's the idea. I mean, you get you get that a lot. Like your point of view, a lot of people have the same thing where it's like if you feel like you're, you know, back in the day with like the warheads, it's just not an enjoyable experience for mm-hmm. your palate. Um, so that's something that we've always kind of strived to with our sours is finding that like mm-hmm. delicate balance of, you know, giving you uh, a little bit of that, you know sweet to offset it right and like uh to your point uh robert is like yeah we want to get someone who like is not interested at all they've had one sour and it was just like too much for them and mm-hmm. i'm always trying to give uh that sort of a uh, idea the one that you're having now and then uh present it in a way that it's palatable for more people so you widen that uh cone a little bit yeah so definitely those that are are not speciation or arc light drinkers come <laughs> with this I'll go back to Ken here. I was going to say, as as a business plan, and I guess I kind of want your guys' opinion on this, is it, you know, you're, you've mentioned a handful of times that you're making a lot of entry-level beers, but can it be to a point where there's too many entry-level beers and you guys aren't really testing the boundaries of the beers that you're making? Because the oatmeal stout, sessionable stout, you're going to have your Kolsch, the sour um, is, you know, a little bit, you know, not punch you in the face like uh, uh jolly pumpkin like what where where are we going to start seeing you uh, expand your wings a little bit uh so like obviously the big draw with a lot of the craft heads these days is like the big boozy stouts and we have an entire line of coffee stouts that like pretty much just lends to that idea um the idea behind the series is uh what if you went to new orleans and you had coffee there from uh, cafe dumont now you turn that into a stout. Now you have a, uh, you know, Arctic Circle in uh, New Orleans stout where you bring it in at 10% using a, um, a ingredient that people knows about. And then you uh, now present it in that way. Or um, we even have like an Indonesian version of it. Um, what else as far as uh, we have a breakfast in Miami where you use a uh, Cuban coffee as like an imperial brown. So like those ideas, uh, like kind of fishing towards uh, outside of the box ideas. It, it sounds like you're going to be doing a lot of the the darker beers. But are you going to be hopping in, hopping in? The pun was not <laughs> intended, but it was oh, hopping, hopping into uh, the IPA, uh, the IPA realm of things. Yeah, I mean, we we have I mean, we got a lot of different IPAs that we've done, whether it's, you know, more fruity stuff, New England style. Um, one of the ones that we really like is uh, it's called our Agnum. So it's a, a mango IPA with jasmine rice um, as kind of the base. So it gives it like a nice, uh, nice, you know, thicker mouthfeel um, in terms of, you know, the overall beer. So, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, the nice thing, like, you know, Devin mentioned earlier about being home brewers for, you know, five years, like we have and doing such small batches. Um, we've definitely gone 
even too far off the rails um, in terms of trying, you know, different things, because that's, that's the beauty of only having, you know, whether it be two and a half to five gallon batches, um, you know, if it, if it is really that bad, you know, at the end of the day, you you don't necessarily have to drink it. Um, You know, we always end up probably drinking everything, but it's um, yeah, just our ability to try to, you know, continue to test. And that really lends into beta test Tuesday. I mean, that's really what we're going to do with that is, bring the ideas to the table that might be a little more out there that maybe people wouldn't, Mm -hmm. um, you know, right away be apt to want to try. And that's where, you know, you go with those small batches, people like it, then you can scale it up um, and Mm -hmm. have it as, you know, a a mainstay in the tap room. Well, you can't give us a lead of going way off the rails without giving us an example. Ooh, well, when did I go way off the rails? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think. Um, uh, IPA wise, we once did a white chocolate IPA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Let's talk that, about that, that for a that, moment. That doesn't sound like a plant. Like a good. Like, were how drunk were you at this time, or were you abiding <laughs> yeah. by other forms of uh, stimulants? Shamefully, I think I might have been sober at the moment, uh, but no, it uh, it wasn't awful. Though I don't think it's something that's like uh, you go back to the well again for. Now I will say the uh, <laughs> chocolate morsels that were used in the uh, in the fermenter. You know, you take those out and uh, try them. That was uh, an interesting flavor. To say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like uh, that being like a wild idea or. Um, I don't know. I'm like going a blank on something else at the moment, but yeah, you no, know, we've uh, gone to some dark places in that time. So I had to even reel myself in. All right. Well, I'm going to pass it over to Nick while I try to see if there is a white chocolate IPA in the market. I want to say if it's bottled, let me know. I'm, I'll even go try to go get it. Um, let's go. Let's go back to the brewery, the process of getting it built out to where it is in hopefully in the next, hopefully in, in the next very soon. Yeah. couple months hopefully maybe even sooner hopefully sooner who have been your like some of your biggest supporters throughout this you guys had mentioned you guys are like friends from high school um have there been you know family member you know when you, who who would you tell first that you were gonna open up a brewery in, in you know in chesterfield who have been like your biggest supporters throughout all this yeah i mean definitely uh obviously our i mean our family and friends um especially in this area have been fantastic um, we, we actually originally had started with a third partner. Um, he's been a very big supporter of us, uh, throughout, um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately just circumstances, um, you know, personally, he just said, Hey guys, I'm, you know, I'm not able to uh, go along the ride with you, but I want to be as much of a part of it as possible. And we've continued to, um, you know, keep him. If you actually look, um, at the logo, I don't know how close I can get this, but oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Up here at the top, there are three uh, people standing on the mountain, and he is one of the three. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, that's been a big one. Um, I mean, professionally speaking, you know, the brewing community has been unbelievable around here. Um, whether it's, you know, I, I actually live in St. Clair Shores now. Um, so, Copper Hop, Baffin, uh, you know, frequent, uh, especially, you know, the owners over there have mm-hmm. been fantastic you know actually early on we spoke with uh ray sherwood and uh he was very pivotal helping us like even put together a business plan so we've had uh not just like friends and family but people in the industry like really embrace us and uh in a way just kind of like guide us along this path so uh you know it was important to us to just talk to the people who did it already and then ensure that like you know what are we what it is we're doing is something that uh we're well versed in cool 
Ooh, Ray right. is definitely a when you get him talking, he likes to keep going. Um, and definitely someone I got a chance to be on another podcast. It was not beer related, but it was a beer show. And I got to be on a podcast with him. And I believe it was Travis Fritz. And they did like a beer trivia question. And I'm like, what the fuck are you asking me for? I don't know this stuff. <laughs> like, oh, hey, hey, Ray Sherwood, decade plus in the industry. Travis right. Fritz, German brewer. And I'm like <laughs> sitting here like, uh... <laughs> um, so let's let's kind of get to know you guys a little bit more personally and then i'm going to hand it off to dan uh, when you walk into a brewery and this is going to be for both of you what beer are you looking to try first what style what brand what what are you looking for um i look for an esb if you got it or kolsch if you do and then after that like i look for something high in gravity um, for me, uh, I'm big into Browns. Um, it's oh, been, uh, Ken. <laughs> there you go, Ken. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brown Ale. So um, for me, that was kind of uh, – that's usually my draw. I'll go in and try to find that. Um, you know, early on, uh, it was it was definitely – you know, I go into a place, try to try any Hefeweizen that I can, German beers. Um, unfortunately, I feel like more recently I have not found any that have really blown me away. So either my palate's changing or uh, they're just not as good. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of my uh, my go-tos there. Um, I don't want to uh, spoil it, so I won't go uh... – too far into the knowledge, but I know there is a brewery out in the the west side of the state called Nitzigen. It's like K N I T Z I G E N. I think there's an extra N in there, maybe a four. I don't know. Um, I apologize. Uh, I know the new head brewer listens to the show. I would expect some amazing German beers out of that uh, uh, brewery, seeing as the dude was a head brewer in Germany up until two months ago. Um, oh, so one thing I would suggest, you know, not to bring people away from you guys or even our sponsor, North Center Brewing over in Northville, Michigan, just south of Baseline Road over on North Center Road. Go say hi to Kevin and Cody. Hey, Kevin, um, hey, Kevin, if you're watching. <laughs> oh, he helped us along this he way as well. He, yeah, we, we interviewed him as well. <laughs> Kevin helped out. Way to go, Kevin. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a really big surprise because you don't get a chance trying to compete in the industry um, – German style, true to style beers are not what's selling these days. And it, it sucks. Um, you know, we, we had Travis on a handful of times and we've pretty much been with Travis for the entire M 43 journey. Um, cause the first time we had him on, as we've mentioned, was the second batch ever of M 43. Um, and not like, like, like the second batch, like the second time he made it, we had it. And ever since then, obviously, it's exploded. It's exploded the New England. And then you have seltzers, and everyone's making a seltzer. You have a lot of breweries making non-alcoholic options at this time, you know, like a standard hop water. Um, so your, your true-to-style beers, your ESBs, your browns, like a standard European-style brown, is so hard to find these days. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I would hope that when, uh, you know, we can get back out, we can, you know, post post COVID or at least patio seating. Um, that's not freezing your ass off. It's not like I can go into 81 degree weather, Dan. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> as I see you and your wife posting photo after photo of brewery after brewery you go to. Um but yeah, I, I would love to start seeing a lot more true to style uh, beers, but I want to pass it off to Dan because I think Dan's got a question for you. 
I do. So first off, since we're talking about German beers, um, I know it's going to get asked by someone, do you plan on making an alt beer anytime in the future? I didn't say it. And then, <laughs> and then also, because I love that you guys are doing all these things with these stouts, because there are not many breweries this, these days. It's like pulling teeth to get one while you're fighting through 22 IPAs that they have on tap at the same time. Um, when do you guys plan on starting to do some barrel aging? Is that going to come in down the road or what are your plans? Yeah, that's almost like a timing issue. It's like uh, make sure we can keep that walk-in filled up, and then uh, once we're uh, you know head above water, uh, we'll start to look at uh, barrel purchasing because that is something that like both interests uh, Eric and I. So you know as soon as possible, but we don't want to rush towards it though. Yeah, we've heard you know some stories, especially uh, specifically one uh, from Joe at Baffin. He had mentioned he's like, yeah, you know we were just starting out. We had mango and we had thrown it in a barrel and then we ran out of beer and I was like, I needed that beer right then, but I didn't have it. So, um, you know, just a lesson learned from a lot of the folks we talked to, like, you know, don't get into it too early, but it's definitely something we're super interested in. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are listening, because I did get a, a message a week, week and a half ago, uh, because uh, Baffin actually won March draft in this 2020 that existed. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, the, oh. the party will still happen. We're just kind of waiting. It's probably going to be a, a patio party sometime in the, the late spring, early summer. Um, so just stay tuned. We're, we're getting there. I promise we're not ripping you off. We've already done three keg parties in a row. So we're not like, yeah, we're not going to do it anymore. Um, and we can we can throw two at the same time when they win 2021. So, uh, oh, so make it unless, easy. Unless I get to, uh, they, they, they are, again, forcefully retired. But unless we get to 120 eight breweries in which i've increased the amount of breweries uh they are they are retired until then because uh, we, we we hopped from 32 to 64 pretty fast and i wanted to make sure that you, you know, hang their in the rafters now or well you know hanging in the rafters but everyone is always confused about why they win so often without like if you go into baffin and you see their mug club their mug club looks a lot like dark horse's mug club with the amount of mugs except yeah. you have to drink to get into baffin's mug club right. you don't have yep. to drink to get into dark so the amount of mugs up there each represent i believe it's like 150 pints minimum so that's before you get the mug so uh yeah that they have some very rabid fans over there so um i there there was also the the whole filipino invasion of one of our uh, yep <laughs> um, yeah. our votes what? between blakes and um oh god it was the 2019 winners brewery 424 um because the uh, marketing director of Blake's just happened to be from the Philippines and she shared it on her public Facebook. And that's, I I can't fault them for that. Like that's the whole point. Like it's, it's one of those things, but hopefully in 2022, when you guys are open, you'll be part of the March draftness, which you're, we're going to start working on and announcing uh, uh, people here soon. Um, Hopefully getting uh, a full 64. I know a lot of people don't have necessarily the time or effort to get into a whole online battle. Um, but I want to bring it over to Rob because I know Rob's got a question for you. Yeah, now I, I know for for it being Chesterfield and, and there's always a, the ongoing joke that I consider everything beyond M59 up north. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo square. 
it's 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 a bit far for me to go up there on a regular basis, but definitely those mugs are are awesome, and I'd love to get a hold of one of those. Uh, but Ken kind of started talking about mug clubs, and I was interested uh, to hear you guys talk about your guys's mug club because um, usually what I'm used to seeing with a brewery that open that opens and has a mug club that it's just basically a free for all. That everybody, just anybody, you want a mug, you get a mug, you get a mug, everybody gets a mug, but, but you guys are doing it a little bit differently and and having a limit to it. And I guess talk about that. And also uh, with, I guess, a little bit of the unique structure that you're doing, I kind of feel in a Baffin way in terms of like free renewals that I, that I was recently reading about. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a combo pack Um, in terms of the mugs, you know, it was one thing that him and I had always talked about and obviously for how much we had frequented Baffin and, and meeting with, um, you know, with Joe and, and Evan up there. Um, you know, one thing we were like, Hey, th- you know, this is fantastic. Like, these guys have all these mug club members. It's just a testament to the number of people that go in there. Um, but for us, you know, we were kind of like, I don't know that we necessarily want that. I mean, you want that, you know, we wanted our mug club to feel a little bit like exclusive. Exclusivity is important. Um, mm-hmm. You know? So I think for us, it was kind of like find a happy medium in term of, you know, actual mugs. Um, obviously specifically for the Kickstarter, you know, just throwing some lifetime mugs in there, but then the remainder of those will just be annual. Um, and yeah, the idea of, you know, the, the annual visits, um, that's another, you know, help from a phone, a friend, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Ryan over at Copper Hop. Hop. Yeah. um, you know, similar strategy was like, Hey, you know, this is what we're kind of thinking. And, and we kind of like the idea because, you know, obviously like, yeah, these mugs are great. And, you know, you see a lot of times where people will, you know, they'll go into a place, they'll get a mug because they really like the beer and then they just don't end up going back. And so it was like, what can we do to kind of entice people to kind of come back and continue to be there on a regular basis? Um, and offering up that free renewal was just something where we're like, hey, you know what? If you come here often enough and you use it, we want you in here. We want you drinking out of it. I right. mean, it's just a it's a reward for being loyal to yeah. the brand, which like oh, it was important that we also thank them for like not having to pay a renewal fee. <laughs> so, you know, it's a win win for both parties, I think. Yeah. Do you think that there's there should be more breweries that do things like that? Because, you know, there's there's those that are out there that will definitely do the annual memberships and continue to do everyone continues to sign up. But does it feel like it's more of a I, I don't want to say cash grab because that just sounds so fucking rude. But, you know, it's it's like when you, you pay your annual membership and you keep getting your annual membership, but you keep showing up, you know, you know, that as you're looking for, it's like that 40 plus visits throughout the year that do you think that that should be kind of the structure that that brewery should kind of move towards instead of just throwing money at it every year? You know, I think, I think it's a little bit, I mean, it varies on, you know, what type of brewery you are, your size. I mean, all that stuff kind of plays into it. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, specifically for us, because of the fact that you're looking at you know, only having a certain number of them and them being somewhat coveted, you know, in terms of, uh, of availability. But again, like you just mentioned, I mean, if, if you're a regular customer and you're coming in here all the time, I mean, that's the, the least I can do to reward you in terms of that is, is to waive that fee. I mean, obviously, yes, it, it's nice to have that, I mean, you know, whether it's the, the people that can you know, to... don't end up renewing or they don't meet that goal. And then you do get a little bit of that bump and increase, you know, in terms of people buying the, the annual membership. Um, but again, I mean, you know, what we're trying to create here in terms of that community feel is, um, you know, hey, if, if you come in a lot and you're a loyal customer to us, like we want to be able to appreciate you in a way that, you know, is worthy of your time and your money coming in, you know. And on top of that, like um, there, there's 
a certain amount of like upside of like keeping it like contained where like the people, the group itself starts to grow closer together when you are like truly having like the same repeated customers and you want to create an atmosphere. Those people start to become friends themselves. And then that allows us to do something like uh, private parties and events for those people who are already like uh, associated with one another being part of the club and then give them a special day to do something that's really unique where if we had 2000 mugs on the wall, it'd be no way we could offer that to the people, you know? Right. Right. Uh, I got one more. Uh, this one is, is to you, Devin, which um, I'm sure you are probably aware. Um, there are not a whole lot of black head brewers that are in the industry. Right. And, you know, it's a huge issue that we have had in the craft beer community uh, where we are lacking that diversity in both breweries and consumers. And I'm curious from from your standpoint, what do you think that we need to do? Uh, to increase those numbers, uh, whether it be consumers and owners. And I guess kind of a follow-up with that is that with the Black is Beautiful initiative that that happened last year, mm-hmm. that that is going to be something that is going to be ongoing throughout a lot of the breweries that, that are in our area. And I'm curious if that is something that you would look towards uh, pushing like a beer or something to that effect uh, from what can come from Arctic Circle. Yeah, um, so... Actually, earlier today, I saw on the craft beer professionals page that uh, someone asked a question about how is it that uh, we can uh, be better for like uh, introducing more uh, people of color into the craft beer industry, to which I ended up replying with three answers ago. One, we got to continue to highlight those who are doing this because the voice uh, needs to be magnified a little bit because it is a uh, not just a unique thing, but it is someone who probably needs the uh, extra credibility from the people who have done it before. And then uh, secondarily, I mentioned um, it's important that you then find a community outreach that is, uh, you know, zeroed in on people of color as well. So you're not only just uh, being a, a representative of the people, but then you're giving back to them and then hopes that they will then acknowledge the brand and come and check you out. If, if no other reason that I wanted to see what a brewery actually looks like because someone like myself is now in there. And um, I know Eric and I have put around some early on ideas about like uh, charity work and foundation sorts of things. I don't want to like pitch any ideas out there too soon. But, yes, it's important to uh, you know be face forward with the consumer. And uh, being the brewer here, I, I want to like stand in that light and, and voice my story along the way, you know. Okay. All right. Ken, back to you. Uh, so we are ending. I mean, it's been 45 minutes. It's crazy. Uh, we got a, a couple more questions. We're going to do the final uh, kind of circle, um, have everyone ask a final question, have you guys the opportunity to uh, pitch your kickstand, kickstand, that's three, <laughs> kickstart. Um, that was a sessionable stout there, Ken. Right. Okay. What are you doing? Well, that was a sessionable stout and goes uh, and two of these. So I'm, oh, feeling, there you, there you go. I'm feeling a little, little, little nice right now. Uh, but we're, we're going to start with Nick and uh, head it to Dan right after. Nick, what's your final question for these two all gentlemen? Right. For, all right. To get to know you guys better, guilty pleasure beer that's in your fridge right now, or if you had to get a guilty – something like PBR, hams, whatever, what's your guilty pleasure? Uh, I like blue light. That's my like. Ooh. That's the one I go to. I like. I'm, I'm a good. I'm a blue light fan. Yeah, mostly blue. Canadian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right there. I I tell you what. If if I go to a bar and my choices are yellow and I see a Molson, I will 
gravitate right towards that Molson, like ready to go. Yeah. I'll, I'll skip past the Coors Light, the Millers, the bottles. I'm like, all right, let's let's do a pitcher of Molson for seven dollars. I'm about to say I can get on the blue light a little bit, so that, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool too. So I'll, I'll I'll go for other Canadian lagers, but like that's my first choice is to go mm-hmm. right towards that beer. But go, go towards Molson. Yeah. Yeah. Go towards Molson. That that's me at the Ritz for sure. <laughs> Speaking of the Ritz, I used to go uh, with Dan all the time to the Ritz. What's uh, yeah, what's your final we're question? Slumming it down there. So I'm going to go the opposite of Nick. If you guys had to pick one beer that should be removed from existence because it doesn't deserve to be Ooh. like available to drink, uh, what would it be? Damn. Could, Ooh, could it be cool. this peach wow, brown yeah. sugar white chocolate sour milkshake IPA I found when I was searching for what? white white chocolate <laughs> Peach brown sugar white chocolate sour milkshake IPA. Oh my god! All right, who's that brewery? I'm gonna send them a message. That's that's <laughs> what Weld Works, by the way. They can that beer, <laughs> and it's a, a yeah. kettle sour New England double IPA. Oh Jesus. Goodness. Okay. Well, um, I can't. I can't really think of anything like off the top of my head though. Like I had like this uh, starting point whenever like I have coconut in the beer. It just reminds me of my hair shampoo. <laughs> and it, it, like it's always like a like immediate deterrent for me. So like a coconut I, anything is just like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna agree. Coconut shouldn't be in any beer whatsoever. Yeah. I was gonna wow. say I agree. I agree with him. That's always my biggest <laughs> yeah. sticking point. I'm like it smells like suntan lotion. I can't get past that. It's just that initial. T- you know, it's just some, something about it. Some Hawaiian tropic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Banana boat. Banana boat. Nice. Copper tone. Awesome. Robert. <laughs> All right. Um, sticking kind of in that, not necessarily to get rid of area, but obviously you guys have traveled a bit to, to you know, try some beers in different places uh, and probably had some uh, uh, mailed uh, some way, shape or form. If Give me a brewery that you wish was distributed here in Michigan. Um, there's a couple in uh, Connecticut that I'm like uh, blanking on names. Um, but yeah, like I have a connect out in connecticut man he uh graced me with a couple of things and i wish i can remember the name of the breweries but like i feel like that's obviously a hotbed um but then we just don't get anything out uh this uh side of the country yeah um for me uh i spent a lot of time in charlotte for uh the the other job that i have um and in in reference to that uh Birdsong down there in Charlotte. I love Birdsong. Love their beers. It actually was crazy. The first time I was in there, um, the bartender behind the bar was like, oh, I'm from Michigan. And then it was just like from there, he's like, all right, we got this stuff in the back and we got this and that. And I just like, you know, I ended up spending like two hours there. Luckily, uh, you know, work trip, Uber's <laughs> paid for. Um, so, you know, just uh, had myself a good time. But yeah, it was uh, Birdsong's awesome. Well, if the next time you're in uh, Charlotte, Salud Beer Co., if you've ever been there, um, it is a a beer store, um, and the owner is from Michigan. And nice. I saw that because he had a Kunin sticker. And I'm like, who has a Kunin sticker? Right? You know, yeah, you know you're from Michigan. Not, no, no offense to Kunin, but you're not, you know, widely distro. Therefore, I don't expect your sticker in a random North Carolina beer store. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're, they're set up like eight degrees. So you can drink in there while you shop. Um, oh, cool. Okay. So, I mean, not necessarily not with COVID and all, but uh, definitely go check out Salud for sure the next time you're in um, Charlotte. Uh, for me, my favorite brewery when I was there, and I'll tell everyone this, Noda. I loved Noda <laughs> when I went there. 
Yeah, I did. Um, the sad part was I went there. I wanted to do, you know, a flight to get a taste of everything. And the day that I went, they were actually doing uh, Girl Scout cookie flights. So that's the only thing I could get. Uh, oh, but wow. then after that, I just was like, all right, let, just just get me. Uh, you know, I was like, what's what's your most popular beer? And then, you know, just tried a few. But yeah, Noto was great, too. Yeah, Noto, I, I got a chance to be in Charlotte for a handful of days, and I was so happy I was able to do it. Um, the the same with Asheville, too, because obviously Asheville is such a great place. Um, but if you get a chance and you're there for a few days and you could take a day off, uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, is another really interesting craft beer um, a hotbed, for sure. Okay. Um, they've got, I think 20 or so breweries in the area. Um, I remember one, they served the flights in a lunchbox and I'm like, how many people close the lunchbox and carry it? Not even thinking. And she's like, it happens about once or twice a day. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's, it's cause I was in Spartanburg and at that point I was like, should I go to Asheville or Charlotte? It was the same drive to both. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in Spartanburg. And sure enough, it was a great, great choice. So my, my final question to you guys, um, as we, we round out and I'll let you guys plug all of your socials, uh, your Kickstarter, not Stan starter. (laughs) Um, I, I guess what is the, the one thing you wish you could tell yourselves back in 2019? What is the one, um, the one thing you wish you could say COVID unrelated, let's, let's, sure. let's pretend that didn't exist. What is the one thing you wish you could go back and tell yourselves when you first looked at each other and like, we should start a brewery. Uh, for me, it'll probably be, be more patient. Um, like everyone forewarned us that like these things will slow roll a little bit, getting out the gate. And, you know, that was the case. And then you add on top of the uh, world pandemic. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, be patient and not let your anxiety, you know, drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely think that was a good one. Obviously, you know, the the one adage you hear all the time and obviously it still holds true is the uh, the idea that whatever you budget, just go ahead and add, you know, a lot on. Um, I mean, I think that was something where, you know, obviously coming into this, I mean, we came into it trying to, you know, get in as, as low in terms of a budget as we could. And as, you know, time goes on and I'm, you know, again, not COVID related, but you know, that is hurting us too. It's just, you know, the idea that everything that you used to be able to do normally, it just costs more, whether it's buying drywall or wood or, you know, anything, um, everything costs more now. And so I think that's even, um, more of a testament to it. It's just that idea of, you know, more, it, it takes a lot of money. All right, guys, uh, your elevator pitch. Tell us where we can find you, where you guys are located. Uh, give us all that information, socials, address. All right. So, uh, yeah, so it's 27663 23 Mile Road, uh, northeast corner. Um, you know, we've got uh, Target right there. So that's a, a good place uh, to. Hard to miss the Target. Yeah, hard, hard to miss the Target. So uh, right there in that complex. Um, you can find us on Facebook uh, and Instagram, AC Brewing Co., also AC Brewing Co. on Twitter. Um, we just started a YouTube page, um, Arctic Circle Brewing Company, so that we can go ahead and post all of our uh, Tuesday beta test videos onto there. Yeah. Look for um, the first episode this coming Tuesday. Yep, first episode. Um, and then, uh, yeah, in terms of the Kickstarter, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, we were so grateful. I mean, the fact that we were able to hit that goal in, in such a short period of time uh, really blew us away. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us now, it was kind of like, Hey, you know what, let's go ahead and, and try to push this a little bit. Um, so actually right before this started, we went ahead and added some, 
uh, some new rewards, uh, some new merchandise, uh, more limited edition stuff. Um, as you know, Devin showed earlier, the uh, Tuesday beta test T-shirt, um, some uh, new Yeti logo that we kind of debuted um, on our socials last week. So, um, you know, just trying to do that. We did open a few uh, 25 additional lifetime mugs um, just to try to help get us there. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, any, you know, every little bit counts. Um, and for us, you know, we're just blessed to, uh, you know, have the the support of the, you know, friends, family, community, everybody out there that's really been behind us. Um, and it's, it's really been an awesome ride so far. And we're, we're just excited, you know, that we're finally at the stage of, you know, behind us, you can see drywall. And on Monday when we were here, there was no drywall. So, um, it's been uh, an incredible ride so far and we're just looking forward to, you know, finally getting open for business. I definitely have my eyes on those wooden coasters for sure. So I, the wooden coasters, actually, that's cool. That was uh, funny you say that. So, uh, craft beer professionals, um, Facebook group, so I, you know, signed up or whatever. They sent me a box and actually that was in there. And immediately when I got that, I told him, I was like, we got to have that as one of the like people. It's just like such a cool thing. I'm, I'm going to have to talk to Andrew over there. The guy from secret hopper who runs the Caf- craft beer professionals group. Cause I, I want that. <gasps> I want yeah, that. Buddy. From, uh, yeah, it was, um, I just get yelled at by him. Yeah. It was such a cool thing. I saw it and immediately like reached out to them on, um, on uh through email and was like hey uh i'm gonna put this as one of my kickstarter things and they're like great we'll get you some mock-ups and send us your logo and you know we thought it was just kind of a unique thing to have on there all right well that's gonna do it the michigan series better on draft podcast arctic circle brewing we appreciate you guys coming uh definitely go check them out their goal is to open in april but don't hold them to that we obviously have a giant world ass pandemic going on um so we will be right back uh for those of you listening to the podcast that's the end of the podcast the news if you're listening live will be next in about 10 minutes or so 805 eastern um so matter what you think of your beer we think it's Better on draft. Have a good night. (laughs) Thank you guys for having us on. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, guys.